0: Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the week in review where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week: first up, good returns May 15th, end of the housing cycle. Second topic from stuff on the 16th of May, rental asking price remains stagnant for third month in a row, according to TradeMe. Third topic, good returns 18th of May, reminder to check property tax status. Fourth topic from Interest.co.nz on the 17th of May. First-time buyers benefit from rising incomes in a stalled property market, but only slightly. And fifth topic, good returns on the 17th of May. Investors' buying power plunges. So first up this week from good returns on the 15th of May, end of the housing cycle. According to Kiwi Bank economists, house prices will fall in the coming months and a likely OCR hike this month might be the last one. They anticipate a peak to trough of just over 20% and the market to recover next year. Jared Kerr, Bank chief economist, believes that prices will bottom and rise again, but this will take time as the number of sales fluctuate, the number of days to sell remain frustratingly long, and the rise in the total number of listings reflects the struggles being faced by sellers. Although the current market favours buyers, they're also restricted by rising interest rates. Kerr said that the Reserve Bank in New Zealand has contributed significantly to a correction in the housing market following excessive moves. He anticipates that after an unnecessary 25 basis point hike to 5.5% in May, the Reserve Bank will likely hit pause and evaluate the situation. It may be possible for the central bank to start moving away from heavy-handed rate hikes and bringing down interest rates, possibly later this year or early next year. This will provide fuel for a turnaround of the housing market. According to Kerr, it will become even quieter as we approach the cooler months, but this might change in the spring as interest rates could fall, net migration is surging back and a shortage in dwellings still exists. My opinion on this is that we have seen a decrease in the number of listings for sale. Part of that could be that people who are thinking about selling are holding on for the market recovery. We're also seeing increases in the number of people looking to purchase. So at some point, and also decreasing numbers of construction going on. So, you know, at some point, the general public are going to realise that we could be past the peak of the interest rate cycle. We could actually already be past the peak as far as house price drops go because prices have been increasing. Median prices have been increasing since the end of February. It's a bit too early to say that we've past the bottom but time will tell but it won't be long before people put two and two together and actually come up with four and realize that increasing immigration, uh, decreasing numbers of properties available for sale, lower listings and increased market activity from potential buyers it's not going to take long to turn this property market around and I think the people that are waiting to purchase at the bottom of the market they might find that they missed that opportunity if they don't take action sooner rather than later. They might have already missed it. Hindsight will be the the winner in that one. Second topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 16th of May, rental asking prices remain stagnant for the third month in a row from TradeMe. According to TradeMe data, what landlords can earn in rent appears to have plateaued with the median amount being asked for remaining unchanged for three months in a row. According to the website's data, the weekly rent landlords were asking for had increased by 3% across the country since April of last year. This amounted to a weekly increase of $20, from $580 to $600 a week. Stats New Zealand data showed that landlords didn't always get the rent they asked for. The agency's rental price index showed that the rent new tenants paid increased 2.8% over the same period. The rental price data on TradeMe only includes the rent that landlords were asking when they listed their property on the site, not the amount that renters actually paid. When TradeMe's median asking rent was $600 a week in March, data from the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, otherwise called MB, showed that the median rent for all properties with a bond lodged was $40 lower at $560. In some areas, the asking rent rose by a greater percentage. In Manawatu, Whanganui, the median rose by $50 to $530 a week, and this was similar to Canterbury. Southland hasn't seen an increase in median weekly rents. One of the reasons is because it's one of the most affordable property markets to buy in, at around $400,000 for a first home, which means that there aren't the same pressures on the rental market. TradeMe Property Sales Director Gavin Lloyd said April's rental stock was down 19% compared to 2022, and Auckland was down by 36%. Demand from email inquiries has gone up by 36%. Despite suffering from damage caused by floods, rental stock in the Hawke's Bay area increased by 1%. Lloyd explained that a number of influences could be at play. One of them is that anecdotally, some were shifting their short-term rentals to long-term to ease pressure in the community. Demand has also dropped by 2%. Rental asking prices in Wellington were up 4% from a year ago. Landlords have noticed that they're getting less for their properties, with fewer students and a higher cost of living being some of the causes. So in in the areas where there's still high demand from tenants and a a reduced number of available rental properties, my opinion is that the reason that we haven't seen stark increases in, in rental returns is because there's a good chance that with the cost of living crisis, tenants have reached their maximum threshold as far as affordability goes for the time being. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I also talk about this towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband Paul Roberts via the website also. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from Good Returns, 18th of May, reminder to check property tax status. People considering selling a home should check their tax obligations according to the Inland Revenue. Bernadette Newman, customer segment leader, stated that there may be income tax to pay on the profit due to property rules that may apply, such as the Brightline test. The Brightline rule takes into consideration properties purchased on or after the 27th of March 2021 and sold within 10 years, or five years for new builds or bought between 29th of March 2018 and 26th of March 2021 and sold within five years. Newman said that properties being used as the main home an inherited property or part of a relationship settlement are not taxable under the Brightline Property Rule. The Inland Revenue website lists different exclusions to the Brightline Property Rule In addition, the sale of a property may also not be taxable if full rollover relief applies. There's more details you can find on the agency's website. To simplify the decision-making process, the IRD provides a property tax decision tool so people can become aware if they need to pay tax on the sale of their property. If a sale is taxable, people must file an income tax return And if it's subject to the Brightline rule, they must fill out a Brightline Residential Property Sale Information Form, an IR 833. We'll provide you with the link about this in the podcast description and in the YouTube video description as well. Fourth topic for this week in review from interest.co.nz on the 17th of May, first home buyers benefit from rising incomes in a stalled property market, but only slightly. Rising incomes have had a greater impact on housing affordability for first-time buyers compared to house price movements and mortgage interest rates last month. The property market in April was mostly stagnant, with modest movements in prices at the bottom end of the market. The national lower quartile selling price, according to the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand, fell from $585,000 in March to $580,000 in April. The change in mortgage interest rates was also modest. The average of the two-year fixed rates offered by the major banks rose from 6.44% in March to 6.50% in April. However, this was a significant increase from 4.96% in April of last year and a significant increase from the cyclical low of 2.52% in May 2021. The combination of monthly changes in mortgage rates and lower quartile prices had a minor influence on mortgage payments. The payments on a home at the national lower quartile price for the 10% d- deposit dropped by $2.54 a week, while the payments on the same home with a 20% deposit dropped by $1.72 a week. Yay. The ongoing rise in income had the greatest impact on affordability in April. The combined median after tax pay for couples aged 25 to 29 who work full time increased from $1,946.67 in March to $1,952.82 in April, an increase of $6.15 a week, according to the Home Loan Affordability Report. When the modest drop in mortgage payments is paired with the increase in after tax pay, first home buyers with a 10% deposit would be better off by about $8.69 a week, while those with a 20% deposit would be better off by $7.87 a week. So my thoughts on this are, you know, if you can get a mortgage and you can afford those interest rates at the moment, then you're not going to find a much better time to be purchasing a property. You can manage interest rate expiry dates, Then chances are by the time you come off a fixed rate, interest rates will be lower than where they are at the moment. So this could be the worst that it gets. And, you know, with pay rises over time, that obviously helps with your affordability as well. So the sooner you get into the property market, the better, as long as you're not stretching yourself too much financially. So get some good advice from a financial advisor or a mortgage advisor. Fifth topic from this week in review, good returns on the 17th of May, investors buying power plunges. CoreLogic's buyer classification data shows that high interest rates, low yields, high deposit requirements and interest deductibility changes are discouraging mortgaged multiple property owners from purchasing properties. The market share of mortgaged investors continues to drop, while cashed-up investors' and first-home buyers' share is at record levels. According to CoreLogic chief property economist Calvin Davidson, the new low is slightly lower than the previous low of 20% set in September last year. He explained that conditions are difficult for mortgaged investors, especially when it comes to low rental yields, high mortgage rates and the removal of interest deductibility. He anticipates that the prospect of relaxing the 40% deposit requirement to 35% from June 1st will provide some relief. Davidson doesn't see existing investors sell their properties en masse, but said it has become challenging to grow a portfolio or to make the numbers work on a new investment purchase. What we have is still a buyer's market as buyers take their time and a few vendors are finding themselves being forced to sell. While the total stock of listings is at a multi-year high, there are indications that the total stock levels are starting to drop slightly and this can definitely be seen in Auckland with new listings taking a bit of a nosedive as well. Davidson thinks that although sales activity is still low, it is showing weak signs of outweighing new listing flows. Winter is expected to keep the market sluggish as per the seasonal norm, and spring might be something to look forward to. Here are some key findings from the May Housing Chart Pack House sales in the 12 months to April 2023 are down 30.5% on last year. Total listings on the market is starting to decline, but remains 15% higher than the five year average, so, still, plenty of choice out there at the moment. National gross rental yields have reached 3% for the first time since March 2021, which is still horrible, so you've got to create your cash flow, owing primarily to continued declines in property values, which has increased those national gross rental yields. This is still low by historical standards, and it is less than the income returns on some other asset classes, for example, term deposits. However, like I said, there are many ways that you can increase rental returns on investment properties at the moment in the current market conditions. Property values have fallen by 2.6% in the last three months and 10.3% year on year. Mortgaged investors' share of property purchases fell to a new low of 19.9% in April, while cash investors at 16.1% and first home buyers 25.3%. We're at all time highs. Now, what does that tell you? Cash investors, people that don't need mortgages, they're having, you know, they're stepping back into the market. First home buyers and movers, which is the category of homeowners either upsizing or downsizing, they make up more than 50% of the current market and they are the emotional buyers. So, you know, with more than half of the buyers in the market buying with emotion, This is like a tipping point for potential property prices to start increasing. Like I said, it's it's getting closer and closer to being obvious that we might be past the bottom of the market. Tauranga had the highest annual change in rent at 9%, making it the most expensive main centre to rent at the moment at $614 a week. When compared to the same time last year, Nelson Tasman had the largest number of total listings, while Gisborne has the least. We've noticed that our free events are not only an avenue for gaining knowledge, they're also becoming an avenue for first-home buyers, investors, and genuine learners to ask property questions and give feedback on what they're seeing in the property market. If you're passionate about broadening your perspective, join our upcoming free event called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. In these sessions, I'll give you my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. They're live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. You can register on our website, that's propertyapprentice.co.nz, and check out the details there. And just another reminder, if you want to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we can help you to achieve your long-term goals, You can also book a meeting or phone call with him via our website, that's propertyapprentice.co.nz.